I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the founding fathers. They seem to be in full-scale retreat from spending cuts and are talking about raising people's taxes again. And I have only one thing to say to the tax increasers. Go ahead, make my day. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. Those who would trade our freedom for security have embarked on this downward course. Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. Conduit News Radio with Paul Harrell is on now. I can tell people's plans are different, uh, people's viewing habits are different, but hey, we're here. This is hour two. Merry Christmas. It's Christmas Eve. I don't know if I've, I don't know when the last time I've did a Christmas Eve broadcast, but it's it's a lot of fun. I'm telling you, the anticipation for celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, the King of Glory. Think about that. Think about the idea of the King of Kings, the King of Glory. So the word glory, everything that that encompasses, the King of it, decides to wrap himself in human flesh and be born in this world of sin and death so that you might be saved is incredibly hopeful. What a hopeful message. When we are hopeless and now we have hope. And it's, and let me, let me say this. And it's all true. It's really true. The telephone number, 870-275-9799. A little bit of Arkansas news. Not the happiest. Not the happiest of Arkansas news. Joe, can you show them the KNWA article? Arkansas to accept refugees beginning in 2020. Refugees who have entered the United States may resettle here, according to Governor Asa Hutchinson. The information was in a letter dated yesterday, Monday, the 23rd. Now, curiously, um, before we go there, will you go to the front page of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and hit the refresh button? Hmm, okay, it's the 24th, so this this came out late last night on the 23rd. Now, obviously, the Democrat Gazette is probably in some sort of vacationing rotation mode. You know, the people... Are, um, but I don't see anywhere. They had an article that he might do it yesterday, but oh, it's Christmas Eve, and I don't see this article anywhere on uh, on the front page of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette that the governor is going to be taking these refugees. And the reason I say that is because I think this is a, I think if I think this, if you were to poll Arkansans, I think most people would say no to this. Not just refugees in general, but refugees from the Middle East. Okay, I think people feel that it makes their families less safe. Less safe. I'm just telling you. I know there are people that genuinely need help. I get that, but I also know the culture that's coming from. I know the probability. It's just like illegal immigration. I want to secure the border because of all of these kids and Americans that have died because we didn't secure the border. I.e., if we would enforce our laws. We would have people still alive today. So I look at it in terms of 
injustice. And I think it's a greater injustice for a government not to put the protection and safety of its own citizens ahead. Now, that's not xenophobic. That's just what governments do. That's why that's why you know governments used to have like in biblical times that's why cities had walls you were protecting your citizens anyway um back to the uh, KNWA article quote arkansans have a history of welcoming refugees while we fully support control of our borders and oppose illegal immigration we also value the contribution of immigrants and understand the importance of America continuing to be a welcoming nation for those truly seeking ref- refuge and following the legal path to our land. Immigrants bring in energy, a thirst for freedom, and a desire to pursue the American dream. This is America's strength and part of our future. The governor issued the consent beginning in the 2020 calendar year. This is um, in response to Donald Trump, who said, listen, if a state or local community wants refugees, even if the local community wants it, the governor of the state has to uh, express the desire to have them or we're not sending them. Now, the governor does say that one of the considerations in agreeing to accept refugees here in Arkansas, which we don't know where yet, one of the considerations was the assurances he got from the federal government that the screening process would be sufficient to protect us. Quote, the president's executive order allows the state to be involved in the decision-making of the placement of refugees. This is the right approach and something I've advocated for as governor. Based upon the assurances I have received that proper screenings and security checks will be conducted throughout the entire process, as well as the requisite letters of consent from local jurisdictions, I have signed a letter giving my consent to the resettlement of refugees in the state for the 2020 calendar year. I'm committed to ensure that refugees brought to Arkansas have a real chance to settle and become self-sufficient. Now, the question here is, how do you get, because there are plenty of pockets across the country of refugees, specifically from the Middle East, that don't exactly seem to be blending or melting into the melting pot of America. You know what I mean? And you can look at a lot of places and you can see this, right? You can also look at what's happening to Europe, and you can see there's clearly a lack of assimilation. We can get them here fine, but there doesn't seem to be assimilation happening. So anyway, this has sent social media in Arkansas, at least on my in my uh, in my bubble. There are people who are pretty upset about it. Some pretty vicious comments on social media uh, towards the governor uh, because he's decided to do this. He's not the only Republican. There are a plethora of other Republican governors who are also saying, "Yes, we'll take the refugees." So um, anyway, it is what it is, folks. You, you, none of us should be surprised. I think everybody knew that the governor was going to do what he did. Um, you know, and, you know, I, 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 for me personally, I, uh, I, I understand it might be a gray area until you get to the idea of the national security implications and the safety of your citizens that are here already. Um, you know, I, I just like, uh, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a, I'm a dad now or something, but I'm like, no. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and I, I've interviewed too many angel moms. Uh, I've interviewed too many. I've interviewed angel dad. I've interviewed, and, I, and I'm, I'm equating this with unchecked illegal immigration, and I know these people are going through a process. And look, I hope the screening process is, I'm sure, it's way more vigorous than it was under Obama. I get it. 
just telling you, you know, when you, when you, if we have a choice, okay, to accept them or not. So if something were to happen and, and there were, and there was violence or there was a terrorist attack or whatever, and then you're like, wow, we chose to do it when we didn't have to. And it's, so it's like, mm, no, thank you. Um, just, you look at, uh, preventable tragedies and this is uh well we don't have a tragedy yet but you understand what i'm saying i i I wouldn't want to have that hindsight looking you know reflecting on my decisions that are clearly bad you know what i mean um so here's some skeptical comments randy the vetting process will include a question can you get on a plane um we got another quote here the concern should be whether or not these refugees have been thoroughly vetted. Will they assimilate or will they cluster and take advantage of our social programs? That's uh, State Representative Brant Smith commenting on our Facebook thread. That's exactly right. Will they assimilate? Will they just take advantage of our social programs? You know what I mean? And and if you're talking about if you're talking about from the culture of the Middle East, folks. Egypt used to be a Christian nation. It's just the fact of the matter. Egypt used to be a Christian nation. It's not anymore. Why? Immigration. Look at what's going Why do you think... Bre- I, I'm telling you, one of the reasons Brexit was so popular, and I know there's some people that think, well, you know, there was misinformation. That's what they always say, right? You know, if an election goes... If the election doesn't go the way of a certain... Well, they, people got the wrong facts. But I'm telling you right now, just based on the reports that I've seen, I think a lot of people resent the immigration trends in the UK. They re- that there are no go zones where police have trouble enforcing the laws. So, you know, I, I I have heard enough. I've heard enough of horror stories about what what has happened, and it's just, you know, it's not something that I think is a good idea, but. You guys, let me know what you think about this. More, give us more, uh, more comments. We're broadcasting up at Facebook.com/slash/conduitnews. Um, let's see, Amy writing. That's exactly what will happen. Um, we can see that. We can see just that everywhere they've been placed. So Amy's arguing everywhere they've been placed, you see a lack of assimilation and taking advantage of social programs. And I just from a media perspective, though, I will say it's interesting that this has come on Christmas. I know it's right next to 2020. We're, we're you know we're getting to the the next decade here, but uh, this is essentially a story now that is lost in the news cycle, right? It's not on the front page of the Gazette. It may be tomorrow on Christmas Day. I don't know, but it came out. I mean, this story at KNWA was posted yesterday, the 23rd, at... Now, hang on a second. The one I saw last night said it was posted closer to like... But this says it was posted at 5 o'clock. It, it's still same argument. Oh, it was, and it was updated at 8.09 p.m. So it was posted at 5 o'clock, updated at 8 o'clock last night. That's what I saw last night as I was going to sleep. Um, you know, it's kind of lost in the Christmas shuffle. You know what I mean? Will there be enough Arkansans to see this? It doesn't even matter, though. I mean, even if you had a ton of Arkansans see this and get outraged and call, it's it's not going to matter. I mean, they're not going to listen to us. 
<laughs> they would listen to Donald, though. Donald Drains the Swamp by Eric Metaxas and Tim Raglan, a children's book that you can read at bedtime. It's fantastic. Look at this. This is so fantastic. They listen to Donald. They listen to him. He's not orange enough. He's not orange enough? <laughs> there was an orange caveman who was really good at building caves. Yeah, that would be pretty funny. <laughs> hey, coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll be talking with Family Council's Luke McCoy. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that. Uh, China has announced tariff cuts on 850-plus imported products. Uh, they said it will reduce tariffs January 1st on 850 foreign products, including frozen pork, asthma medications, and some high-tech components to spur economic development. The announcement followed an interim trade agreement with Washington in a tariff war that has rattled financial markets. China. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? I've got one more story hang on up on the list here. Oh, yeah, the IG report. Headline, IG report indicates James Comey misled Trump to not risk debunking the P-tape. That's right. Aaron Klein and Joshua Klein have this story at Breitbart.com. Details revealed in the Justice Department's Inspector General report raise immediate questions about disgraced ex-FBI Director James Comey and his repeated decision to push back against requests from Donald Trump to investigate the origins of the infamous P claim made inside the anti-Trump dossier. The IG report relates that the FBI not only investigated those salacious claims, but divined the origins of the outlandish charges, finding serious sourcing problems and poking major holes in the already wild and unsubstantiated storyline. During his prepared remarks for the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence delivered June 8, 2017, Comey related that he pushed back against a suggestion from Trump to investigate the dossier's sexual claims. The former FBI chief stated that following the January 6th Oval Office meeting with intelligence community leaders, Comey remained alone with the president-elect to brief him on some personally sensitive aspects of the information assembled during the assessment. It is clear Comey was referring to the dossier since he writes the salacious and unverified material was about to be publicly reported by the news media. Four days after the briefing, the dossier produced by Fusion GPS was publicized by BuzzFeed. Fusion GPS was paid for uh, was paid for its anti-Trump work by the DNC and Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. In his statement summarizing his conversation with Trump, Comey refers to Russian prostitutes, a key component of the dossier. Quote, he said he had nothing to do with Russia, he had not been involved with hookers in Russia, and had always assumed he was being recorded when in Russia. In a private White House dinner with Trump on January 27th, Comey says the topic of the salacious material again came up, and he reveals that Trump was considering asking the FBI to investigate the origins of the claim. Comey pushed back against that idea. During the dinner, the president returned to the salacious material I had briefed him on January 6th, as he had done previously, expressed his disgust for the allegations and strongly denied them. He said he was considering ordering me to investigate the alleged incident to prove it didn't happen. I replied that he should give that careful thought because it might create the narrative that we were investigating him personally, which we weren't, and because it was very difficult to prove a negative. He said he would think about it and ask me to think about it. Yet, the FBI chief said his agency would investigate the sexual claims according to an email obtained by the inspector general and sent by Comey to the highly compartmentalized FBI team investigating unsubstantiated claims of Russia collusion. 
That email was sent immediately after the January 6th Oval Office briefing and before the January 27th dinner, where Comey writes that he again pushed back against Trump's request to get to the bottom of the PP story. So the timeline doesn't match up. Matter of fact, we're going to find out that the timeline of this entire Russia collusion thing did not start in July of 2016. We're going to end up finding out this started much earlier, uh, probably uh, maybe April, uh, something like that. At least that's uh, some of the chatter that I'm hearing. And that's going to really blow up their entire narrative as well. It's how they've explained, you know, how to explain all this because there are all kinds of holes. If this thing started before July 2016, uh, there's going to be more questions. Trust me. We're going to take a one minute break. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Don't go anywhere. Luke McCoy coming up at 7:33. Back in a minute. Like I mean, I, Nat King Cole's a, a lot of a lot of songs. This, this a lot of songs from my childhood. Nat King Cole, Christmas, but uh, we went with Michael W. Swift, Michael W. Smith today because I don't know. It's just uh, it's what I was feeling this morning. Merry Christmas, to everybody out there. So it's kind of fitting, isn't it? That what if Arkansas? What if Arkansas's contribution to redeeming ourselves. What, what I mean by redeeming ourselves? Well, we kind of produced the most political politically powerful family in the world of the Clintons. And it's it's like an it's an arbitrage around our neck because it's, they're a very corrupt family and uh, they don't represent Arkansas values at all. Um the, the the Clintons used 
morality and, and decency as a cloak uh, to deceive us, uh, to attain power. And uh, then they got out of Arkansas, and the rest is history. And Arkansas almost started the beginning of not just one, but almost two presidents. What if the undoing of the Democrat Party lies with London Roberts, the mother of Hunter Biden's child? What if this is the beginning? I mean, what if he actually has to unveil his financials? There's been a court filing by the attorneys in this paternity case. They want Hunter Biden to be found in contempt of court. The Arkansas Democrats Gazette Bill Bowden writes that Hunter Biden failed to provide all of the financial information ordered in a paternity suit and should be held in contempt of court. According to one of the half-dozen documents filed Monday in the case in Independence County Circuit Court. Clinton Lancaster, the attorney for the plaintiff London Alexis Roberts, filed a motion saying Biden still hasn't provided financial records as ordered by the circuit judge, Don McSpadden. According to Lancaster's motion, Biden filed an affidavit for financial means on Thursday, but it didn't include full and complete tax returns for any of the past five years. His 2017-2018 personal tax returns and other documents showing income received. The court should enter an order compelling Biden to appear at a previously scheduled January 7th hearing at the Batesville Courthouse and show cause as to why he should not be held in contempt, wrote Lancaster. Hunter Biden is the son of Vice President Joe Biden. The paternity suit filed May 28th by Roberts alleges that she and Hunter Biden were in a relationship. We all know this. This happened. But the, the paternity test came back as... You are the father. And, uh, yeah, (laughs) there's not going to be any Darth Vader moments here. You're the dad. So, anyway, she is seeking child... Can you imagine? You're... You are... You had a relationship with Hunter Biden while you were in Washington, D.C. You live in Independence County, Arkansas now. You have... Hunter Biden's child, your child, you share a child together, you find out that the man is making $80,000 a month for a number of years from a Ukrainian oil company, and you don't have any child support. $80,000 a month. We now have uh, evidence that he also was paid $3 million just directly by taking some of that Ukraine, some of that American taxpayer money allegedly went to Ukraine, then was funneled to George Soros uh, non-governmental organizations then that was loaned to uh, for some reason some company in Latvia and then that Latvian company paid Hunter Biden three million dollars this is according to reports in your your London Alexis Roberts with Hunter Biden's baby in Independence County Arkansas and you're like uh, I think I'm going to get an attorney and try to get some money for myself Back in just a moment.
Christmas riff right here. Also kind of reminds me of the Home Alone soundtrack. Joe, that uh, <laughs> I mentioned Home Alone. He's like, you know, Donald Trump was in Home Alone too. You know, somebody updated the Home Alone two Wikipedia page to say that Donald Trump is the only Home Alone two cast member to be impeached <laughs> because they just couldn't. Of course, he's not actually been impeached. But uh, hey, folks, welcome back. We got Luke McCoy from Family Council, FamilyCouncil.org. Luke, Merry Christmas, sir. How are you? Merry Christmas Eve, Paul. Good to talk to you. Thanks yeah. for letting me be on this morning. And uh, Merry Christmas to all your listeners, and hope everyone has a safe, joyous holiday. Absolutely. Uh, man, it's great to talk to you. You got big plans for Christmas? Uh, what are you guys traveling? What are you doing? We got big plans, Paul. We're going to do nothing. We're going to stay in town and enjoy our time. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so, great. That's great. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I got three kids, and so for us to go anywhere, as a lot of folks can imagine, it's just sometimes it can be a hassle. But mm-hmm. my parents are in town. My wife's parents are in town. There you go. Uh, any living grandparents are in town. So uh, we're spoiled when it comes to you know Thanksgiving and Christmas. We do. One set of family in, in, in the afternoon and the other family in the evening, and both families appreciate the timing. And yeah. uh, In years past, when we had to split up Thanksgiving lunch and Christmas Day, it was very hectic. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I'm thankful for the ease of holidays these days for at least yeah, yeah. my immediate family. No, I agree, and I, I've got a similar situation here where I am, and it's uh, it certainly is nice. But I do talk to other folks, and you know, the, when the, the traveling is – Rough. And then I talked to some people that's like, yeah, you know, we got kids, we're staying home, and uh, then they just put up like a flag, like an open invitation. If you want to come see us, you can come see us. You know, like all family are welcome. <laughs> come on, come see us. If not, no hard feelings. Um, Luke, what can you tell us? What's on your mind today? I I, uh, I got this, uh, you know, t- we were talking about what you are going to talk about, I think, a few weeks ago. Um, and I think it just had to do with the, with the, with the value of, of human life and and what that means, and there's a lot of things that you know people might necessarily might necessarily know in the pro-life, uh, pro-choice, or pro-death argument. Correct. So this was a, a and I'll, I'll spill the beans here in just a second, but this was a hot topic back during George W. Bush's term, also in the '90s and Clinton, and it became even more of a hot potato in Obama's presidency. But we really haven't heard much about it, and I, I was. Um, reminded by our friends at the Colston Center for a Biblical Worldview, um, won't go into who those folks are necessarily, but they reminded us that embryonic stem cell research is going on as we speak. Of course, we knew that, but not only is it going on, but federal funding, taxpayer money, is being used to fund embryonic stem cell research to this day. In fact, to the tune of about $200 million a year, and as some of your listeners will know, it has produced over 20-some-odd, maybe 30 years, zero results. All time, U.S. taxpayers have spent about, I estimate, somewhere north of $2 billion. And as far as we know, there's no medical breakthrough. There's no successful treatment that's uh, tackling some debilitating, chronic, terminal, bad disease. $2 billion over the last 20 to 30 years has been 
spent on embryonic stem cell research. And even under the Trump administration, it still goes on today. And so I actually reached out to a former White House official. You may guess who that is. And I didn't hear back, uh, unfortunately. But uh, nonetheless, I'm going to look into what is the Trump administration doing. In fact, I reached out to some other Washington, D.C. folks that um, with Alliance Defending Freedom and Americans United for Life, they're sort of groups that we work with closely on pro-life and religious liberty legislation and issues. And I'm going to I'm trying to figure out what is the Trump administration doing, because uh, as far as I can tell, uh, when it comes to the embryonic stem cell research specifically, uh, the Trump administration isn't doing anything from what I can tell. Well, you know, you don't even hear about this anymore. Um, uh, no. I, I mean, I mean, let me just I don't really know much about it. I I know the phrase stem cell research and I know there are different kinds. Right. There's. There's the embryonic, which has the uh, the, the moral question there, and then you know then then I've heard that there's some embryonic that's well there's some embryonic uh, stem cell research that's adult stem cell yeah adult yeah adult stem cell I think is what you're looking at it's okay. been very successful yeah very successful mm-hmm. and and you know your listeners may say well what is embryonic stem cell what's the big deal why is this you know well let me kind of first explain a little bit of the history but also what embryonic stem cell uh, research is. And so basically embryonic stem cells are derived from eggs fertilized, such as like in in vitro fertilization clinic, usually. And then they're donated for research purposes. A lot of these embryos that are frozen in these clinics, a lot of them aren't used. And so some of them have to be discarded. And so a lot of them are discarded and they're they're not discarded necessarily, but they're donated to universities or research facilities and so forth and so on. And just so everyone knows, this this is legal. It's not illegal to do research on embryonic stem cells, but the pro-life community definitely, we don't want our taxpayer dollars going to destroy what is literally conceived human life. And so people, again, what is the embryonic stem cell? Uh, basically, this is the process of an embryonic stem cell. You take an embryo, that, that's a fertilized, human being. It's a fertilized egg. And so it's a human being at the earliest stages of life, or what we would call conception. You got its unique DNA. So, unique DNA. Correct. Unique DNA, and if it is uh, implanted into a woman's womb and attaches to the uterine wall, it will continue to grow into a, a human being, like you and I, Paul. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But the, the process is this. They take DNA uh, from an adult cell and they inject it into the fertilized human egg, the embryonic stem cell. Um, and then they move on. The egg begins dividing. It forms a massive cell. And after five days or so, it forms a blastocyte. And yes, I'm not doing this from memory. I'm reading it. <laughs> but uh, a hot, which is a hollow embryonic bowl of cells. And then stem cells are harvested. And that embryo is eventually destroyed. So there you got it. A human being who was conceived and now is discarded and destroyed, used for uh, scientific, quote-unquote, purposes, except the purposes have all failed at this point, dating back to the beginning of embryonic stem cell research, at least in the United States. I, yeah. I, I, and I say, at least in the United States, I don't know of any medical breakthroughs and the people I talk to, and the biggest expert we coordinate with on this is probably the Charlotte Lozier Institute, and that's pretty much Susan B. Anthony. Uh, from what I understand, and of course, another group is Americans United for Life. 
but a little bit of the history behind uh, how this happened. So embryonic stem cell research funding was allowed under President Clinton, George Bush, short, um, uh, quickly into his term around August 2001, banned federal funding on any embryonic stem cells uh, after that date, basically. And so you couldn't use embryonic stem cells. You couldn't fund use taxpayer dollars. Then Obama, shortly into his term, reversed that ban under George W. Bush. Uh, the Supreme Court of the United States denied a challenge to Obama's executive order. And so here we sit today. Our United States government is funding embryonic stem cell research, which is essentially uh, destroying conceived human life. You know, that's fa- it's really fascinating because I, I, as you're talking about all this, I can't help but think about where they're getting the supply. So going back to the beginning, and listen, I know there's been many couples that have used, you know, uh, IFV to, sure. to, to conceive a child, and they're very, very grateful that it worked, and they had trouble conceiving the child of their own. I get that. Um, and, and so, but if it's producing multiple human beings that are then frozen in space-time, <laughs> not to be too science fiction, but I mean, that that that's a... That's really hard for me to get my head wrapped around. I'm going to be honest about it. That's really, that's causing a lot more questions than I have answers for right now. You know what I mean? Well, this, uh, I think if I understand where you're going, this dawned on me um, probably four or five years. I've been a family counsel six years now, and about a year or two into my employment, I found out that birth control can act as a abortifacient at times. And here, my wife, for a short period of time, many years ago, was on birth control when we were married. Um, I also learned that IVF basically consists of producing lots of conceived human beings or fertilized eggs and basically taking some of them and implanting them into the, you know, and here we are, we're, we're creating human life and then we're discarding a lot of it. It's, it's, uh, it's convicting um, to me. I, I've never, my wife and I, fortunately, have never, participated in IVF, but I've got a family member that did and lots of close friends. And I think it's a, it's a matter of education. A lot of folks just don't know uh, or they don't think about the implications. And so if, if I may just quickly summarize the reasons embryonic stem cell research and IVF for that matter uh, are wrong, at least from a moral perspective, but also from a conservative general political perspective, we've already discussed the morality and pro-life stance that we're creating human life and then we're destroying it. And some of that happens naturally on its own, but here we are, we're using us taxpayer money Uh, to create human life, to hopefully find some medical breakthrough. And so that leads to a cheapening of human life. We're treating it as a commodity. And not only that, it's been an entire waste of probably two to maybe $4 billion total. And that's just U.S. taxpayer money. There's yeah. probably been other private grants and private money and so forth and so on that's been poured into this. It's so odd when adult stem cell has been a light year or mm-hmm. four yep. in front of embryonic stem cell when it comes to results. Yeah, so, I, I, uh, I, I, I'm the adult. That's what's crazy is that with the adult stem cell research being so successful. Uh, I don't know if you saw the. Uh, there's a Joe Rogan podcast with Mel Gibson and his dad. And they were interviewing these doctors that mm-hmm. were doing uh, some stem cell stuff. I, I believe it's adult stem cells. I don't believe it was embryonic uh, down in Panama. 
and they were doing stuff that 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 they that hasn't been approved here for some reason. And I mean, the results are just insanely amazing. You know, he had a ninety year his ninety year old dad was in a wheelchair and is now walking, or at least was back when the uh, they did the interview a year or so ago. Um, so yeah, yeah. Th- those those uh, the adults themselves much more promising than the embryonic. And just the other day, three scientists in Japan were able to get adult stem cells to act like embryonic stem cells. So uh, I, I think the U.S., just as a matter of practicality, beside the morality, even though I think that's important, the people we're dealing with in the U.S. government, hey, let's just divert our funds to what we know is a sure bet, what we know is we're going to get good uh, results from. And so I'll, I hope all your listeners will uh, look into this, contact their senators and congressmen, and I'm going to be contacting the Trump administration and National Institute of Health, Department of Health and Human Services, trying to get some answers and yeah. see if we can move the administration to, to block well, this funding. Luke, you certainly have made uh, me think this morning uh, about a whole lot of stuff, and I'm sure a lot of other people out there feel the same way. Uh, from FamilyCouncil.org, Luke McCoy, Merry Christmas, sir. Have a great one, and uh, we'll do it again soon. You too, Paul. To all your audience, Merry Christmas and Happy 2020. All righty. Yeah, that's right. Well, eventually, eventually we're going to be able to say we'll see you next decade. Folks, there are big changes coming to Conduit News. You know this. Uh, we're getting away from radio starting January 2nd. Uh, so we're going to have new formats, new shows. You need to check it out. It's going to be big. It's going to be awesome. I'm really excited about it. And uh, we'll be able to have a, a greater audience reach. Just you wait and see. But if you're listening right now on the radio, you got to know. January 2nd is going to come around. We're going to be here. And so you need to go to conduitnews.com. You need to give us your email. You need to like us on Facebook. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Do something. Do all of those things. At least do one of those things. Um, because we want to be able to continue to give you the same great news that we're giving you now, but in a different, uh, more visually pleasing way, if you will. Uh, we're going to take a break. Merry Christmas. Don't go anywhere. Here in just a second, I'm going to go over... Uh, the Christmas story. The Christmas story is as uh, I like to tell it. Back in just a moment. Folks, as a taxpayer or business owner, I know the government rarely gives the people a break. Big government politicians seem to always want more money from us, taxpayers. So if you want to support the work that we're doing here at Conduit News, bringing you the truth, then why not consider giving less money to the government that never stops overspending and overtaxing us by giving a tax-deductible donation to Conduit for Commerce, the premier organization in Arkansas that never stops promoting small business and limited government. Just go to conduitforcommerce.org and click on Support Our Cause. From there, you can decide if you want to donate monthly or one time. Give the government that's using your tax dollars to grow and grow less and give the people fighting for your values more. Go to conduitforcommerce.org right now.
Welcome back, folks. What's it, what is it all about? What is it all about? Well, if you want to understand, if you want to understand the birth of Jesus, you first got to admit that you were created by God. You first got to admit that there is a creator. You first got to admit that he spoke this place into existence. And that was the creation of man. And we came here not just by coincidence, not just by the equivalent of a tornado going through a junkyard and creating a fully functioning 747. No, there is a God. There is one God, and he created everything. He created the concept of sight. There used to know that sight, hearing, smell, taste, the idea, those didn't exist. He is not only the ruler of all, but he is the ultimate artist. And when he created us, he was with us. He walked with Adam and Eve, the earth, and us, we, the creation. We were perfect. Harmony was an actual concept. The meaning of it was realized. But then something happened. And in the book of Genesis chapter 3, 15, there was a problem. The fall of man happened. When the fall of man happened and we sinned, God preached the first gospel message, which was be realized in Jesus Christ. He preached it in Genesis 3.15, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. First gospel message spoken by God himself. Then we have the corruption of mankind. You had the flood, then you had the Tower of Babel. We were told to go forth, forth and multiply. Instead, we tried to form a super state. <laughs> you had Nimrod as the world's first dictator. You had a lot of other stuff going on, severe demonic activity, that sort of thing. Then you had the call of Abraham. Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and I, the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So then you get the uh, you get that happening. You have a little bit of the slavery in Exodus, um, and uh, we know the story of Moses. And right after Moses and the Exodus, you basically get to you had the whole forty years in the desert thing, but you get to the birth of a nation, the nation of in, uh, of Israel. Then you get to the zenith of that kingdom, which was the kingdom of David, and God made another covenant. He made it with David. The prophet Nathan told him a message from God. I will make you a great name like the names of great men who are on the earth. Your house and your kingdom shall endure before me forever. Your throne shall be established forever. This was said in 1 Samuel 7. And then in Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, for unto us a child is born. By the way, the Dead Sea Scrolls date Isaiah, the book, that, that particular document, at least 300 uh, years before the birth of Christ. And yet this was a prophecy um, 
Isaiah translated into Greek 300 years before the birth of Christ. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. Even forever. Then we have Isaiah chapter 10, or chapter 7, uh, 10 through 14. The Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask for a sign yourself from the Lord your God. Make it deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Listen now, O house of David. Is it too slight a thing for you to try the patience of men that you would try the patience of God as well? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son. She will call his name Emmanuel. Interestingly enough, David had a son named Solomon. And you can chart Solomon all the way to a man named Joseph who was the husband of Mary. little problem, though, <laughs> in the, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, there was actually a curse on the bloodline. Eventually, the Solomon had a, a grandson named um, Jeconia, and uh, in Jeremiah 22:30 it says, Thus saith the Lord, Write ye this man childless, a man that shall not prosper in his days, for no man of his seed shall prosper, sitting upon the throne of David and ruling any more in Judah. It was kind of a big deal because that whole Davidic covenant, where the Messiah is going to come from, and yet now you have the bloodline cursed. That's interesting. It appears to be a direct assault on God's character as a promise keeper. But, but, <laughs> there was another son. Uh, David had a son also named Nathan. And Nathan can be charted all the way to the Virgin Mary. Which brings us to the Christmas story. A lot of stuff happened between there, right? I left a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that happened that I've left out of this awesome story. But boy, I'm telling you, what we celebrate today, tomorrow, really we should celebrate all year, is there's a lot of moving parts and yet there was a plan that was unshakable the entire time. And there was nothing that could be done to stop what God spoke in Genesis chapter 3, 15. That God would be born of man. That he would become poor so that we might become rich. The birth of the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, who is 100% man and 100% God. And the fact that he is man, the fact that he was born into this world under the curse of sin and death, but did not succumb to it and broke the ultimate physical barrier of this world with his death and resurrection, the fact that he was the second and better Adam, that makes him not only our Redeemer, but our kinsman Redeemer. That's why he was born. That's why he lived a perfect life. That's why it says that God was pleased to crush his son, which is a crazy statement to make if you're a parent. And that 
ultimate act of love is the glory of God. And that's why Jesus Christ, that's why God is the king of glory. We are out of time. I wish we've got a... Yeah, I, I know. We, I know. We, we've got to end the show though, because I see we've got the, um, uh, we've got the things going. So yeah, there we go. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear the music in my head. That's why I thought something was wrong. Folks, Merry Christmas to you out there. Sorry for the little hiccup there at the end. Have a merry, merry Christmas. Uh, we'll see you back here on Monday. And um, thank you for listening. We can't do the show without you. Please share this program with your friends. Um, and. Thank you so much for everything that you guys do out there um, promoting what it is we're trying to do, which is to get people the truth and to get people the perspective that they don't have anywhere else. Arkansas, Merry Christmas. Be safe.